come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I am your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. I'm your poltergeist, Mac. And this week, we watch the brand spanking new Scream 6. We braved the movie theaters. Uh, Spoiler alert, we're going to be there probably pretty fast. So if you haven't seen it yet, just pause us, come back. and then We'll be here. We'll be here. We'll be waiting on you. Go to an open movie theater. Do not go to an abandoned movie theater. Yes, yes, that's... Avoid abandoned movie theaters, especially if they've got bloody knives in them. Yeah, I had to be told that repeatedly because I was like, a layer out of an abandoned movie theater, you say? I was not aware that was something a person could do. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times Mac has tried to get Don and I to go to some abandoned movie theater he's found to catch a 35 millimeter print of something <laughs> usually maniac or something i don't know it always sounds sketchy <laughs> and we're just like this is the only entrance in or out that sounds like a fire hazard mac and mac's like no no it's cool it's cool <laughs> it's not only cool it's very cool <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's go around did you like it did you not like it um i know we got a couple of theater experiences that we also want to talk about as well I went into it with a negative attitude because of the whole Nev Campbell getting lowballed on the contract. In fact, I was kind of wanting to not see it at all because of that. I liked it. I liked it. All right. I liked uh, the beginning. I liked the core four. Core four. Core four. I don't care for the ending for this movie. It's, um, this may feed into some discussion points, but uh, the reveal of the killer is not up to the series' usual standards, I think. Agree. Yep. It, it falls into that classic TV cop show trope of whoever the most famous char- actor playing a new character is the one who did it. I saw the titular My Best Friend from My Best Friend's Wedding, and I was like, oh, that guy, that guy did it. That guy did it. And then there's a little more to it, sure, but he did do it. And let me tell you the worst part, if I can jump back in, I was confused by the reveal. There was a, a there was a, a solid minute or so during the reveal where I was like, hold on, hold on, what now? Well, they they delayed the motivations. Like there was too it was mm-hmm. a beat too long when they're starting the reveal. Of the motivations. Well, there was the point where people were pointing guns at each other where I was like, now I'm confused. I am confused. You're you're in your reveal. I'm confused. I, I, I share some of those those thoughts. The core four and the legacy characters have all kind of agreed to leave leave, leave Sydney out of it for not really for any reason, just because you know she they deserves could... happiness. She deserves peace. Now <laughs> She like the implication from Gail Weathers is that she has not deserved peace until now. Everything that's happened to her up to this point, she deserved. Gail's still salty at her. Well, <laughs> sure, that I can see. Um, but apparently, the killers 
agreed to that as well. <laughs> the killers are all like, she's been through so much. Yeah, like, hey, hey, yeah. let's let's leave her out of this. You know, we're at, Gail. I think you make a good point. We're going to get into it amongst ourselves, but leave Sydney out. <laughs> and I, I I get production wise why that happened, but I the implication is that everybody's on the same page. Re Sydney, oh the poor girl, just just let her be. That did not pass the smell test for me. Um, it's okay. This one was okay. We we saw it Friday night. We saw it in a good mixed crowd. It's okay. We'll get more into this with our poll question on how I feel about it, where it, you know, overall where it ranks. But yeah, I agree with both your points on on problems with it. But eh, it's okay. I mean, there's some things that I really liked about it. And there's some things I'm like, eh, which... It, it is not dead bottom on my list. Preview of our poll discussion. All right. What's some movie experiences before we get into our little summary? I know both of you, you wanted to discuss that. I would say that my viewing experiences were actually scarier than any moment of the movie. There was never a moment in the movie watching that I was actually scared. The second most scary moment in the movie was when I was sitting there. I was a back, I'm a back row person i will always get the furthest back uh, that i could get yeah i'm back row if i'm making podcast notes but yeah 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 so actually the scariest was about halfway through the movie when i started going oh i need to pee and then i made the calculated decision to sit it out and then the credit started rolling and i was like okay let's see if i make it (laughs) So that was the scariest. The second scariest was when I sat there and went, I think I might be alone in here. I think I might be alone in a viewing of a screen movie. I think I'm alone in here. (laughs) So so that was kind of fun. The actual scariest thing that happened to me in the viewing of the screen movie was when I came into the theater. So there's, there's there's a wall to your left and you have to come all the way to the end of that wall and then make a complete U-turn and go all the way back up to get to your seat. There was a human being standing right at the end of that wall. The house lights were already down. It was completely dark. And all I, that's all I can tell you is it was a human being, an adult human being standing at the end of that wall. And they were right at the end of that wall. I think they had their back to me. I don't know, but they just stood there. And so I came down the wall, and then I had to make a complete circle around them. And the closer I got to them, and the, they just stood there, I don't know. I don't know. It was scary. That sounds terrifying, Donna. <laughs> it really was. And you know it's not viral marketing for the film because you're already there. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, is this person going to acknowledge me? I don't think they are, unless maybe they stabbed me. (laughs) So anyway, those were the three scariest things that happened to me while watching this. I mean, I saw it at Eaton, uh, I mentioned on the podcast before, the theater that time forgot, uh, (laughs) perfectly preserved in amber in about 1993. Sit in the back row because they'll have, there's like one light on one row of the seats that's on. So that's just enough light to uh, to get my podcasting notes done. 
as I go. And it's becoming clear to me that the digital projector there is broken. I don't know if I saw this in the same specific theater room that I saw knock at the cabin, but like there's something wrong with their equipment where they're they're, like the image degrades for like a quarter of it. And there's like weird purple flashing in it. And I'm like, oh man, if you guys can't even keep that up, I don't even know if I'm, I I need to come here. Cause I like, it was, it was number one contender for my theater to go see the flash when it comes out in the summer, because I needed that full immersion experience. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Something about that theater is not holding up as well as uh, I thought. And maybe time is finally catching up with it. That's a bummer note. How about you, Kenzie? When did you see it? <laughs> I saw it Friday night, uh, 7.15 at AMC. We were weirdly enough in the back row, too. This I find this normally we go where, you know, the better seats, even if I'm doing podcast notes. That's why usually the next day I have to uh, transcribe my notes and make them make sense. But yeah, it was it was a good crowd. It was the kind of crowd you want with a scream movie. I do think AMC's a little bit confused on the the audience for Scream Six because we would have a trailer for a child's movie, then a red band trailer, <laughs> a child's movie, a red band trailer. So I don't know who AMC's thinking is showing up to scream. Maybe it's my imaginary children. I don't know, <laughs> but it was, it was weird, but it was a funny weird. <laughs> I've got some opinions about AMC in general. I, I, that they've adopted the feudal system. Apparently there are the landed gentry of the, uh, the uh, rewards members that can, uh, that actually do get concession service. And then us serfs that, you know, hopefully a spot will open up and you can get some, you can get a bottle of water if you really want one. And then lately they're, they're price tiering the seat in the theater. I don't think they've rolled that out yet with the so price. The tier. Yeah, I, yeah. And, that, and I don't know if it's now going to happen just because yeah. of like, the backlash i don't know i'm i can't you you uh, may be right on that yeah but i know the the system that you're talking about and as your feudal lady please respect the line mac <laughs> and and here's what i'll do i just won't go to amc i'll yeah, go to one of those other movie theaters where we're all equal we all want concessions yeah <laughs> all right so for those of you who do not know what scream 6 is about our good, good buddies and Max Nemesis at IMDb want you to know, in the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. But really, what it's about is an entire massive murder conspiracy falls apart when the mastermind makes the outlandish claim that a federal employee could possibly be fired. <laughs> That should have been our clue right there. I was like, whoa, hold on. Come on, man. (laughs) Because even Clarice didn't get fired. Right. Administrative leave. Yeah. Yeah. And they were trying, actively trying to fire her. They fired her. No, they didn't. So we kind of, I think it was off mic, we talked about that first kill, like, one, anytime I get to see Samara weaving in anything, mm. especially horror, fucking delight. And I'm so excited. I knew she wasn't here for the long haul, but she was she, gonna, well, it yeah. was going to be a good time. And it was a good time. 
she picked up the first phone call. She's she's not long for the runtime. Don't get attached. Don't yeah. get attached. She's terrific. She was terrific in Bill and Ted 3. Yes, she was. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, brings the legacy of the Natalie Portman, uh, Kira Knightley divide into a whole new, is it her or is it Margot Robbie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because one, they're both Australian. Both Australian and very similar features to the yes. point where there was 20 seconds in the movie. I was like, oh, they got Margot Robbie. Good for them. The only reason I didn't think Margot Robbie with this one is because she has a lot of horror pedigree in her film yeah. resume. That's yeah. the only reason that I knew immediately who it was. Um, she's fantastic in Ready or Not. I fucking love Ready or Not, but that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast episode, gang. So I did think it was going to be interesting if we knew who the killer was from the beginning. Like I was like, okay, that is a a switch. Us knowing, like, that's one way to right. keep us off balance. Yeah. Yeah. Keep us off balance is that we know who it is, or maybe we won't know who the second killer is. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in true scream fashion, they just circumvent that and we don't know who. And then I thought, like, oh, we're just going to have like an army of ghost faces try to crop up, but a uber ghost face that is killing them off. And that's the plot. That's where I thought we were going. And I yeah. was like, when they announced that Nev Campbell was not going to be in the movie, I'm like, mm, that does not eliminate Sidney Prescott from the suspect list on this one at all, at all. And that opening sequence, I think, fuck the franchise. I was like, ah, see, yeah, she. it might be her under that mask. But it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was the fancy man from New Girl. Spoiler! Isn't he also... Uh the date for the wedding date with Deborah Messing. He was a delight in that. You're talking about Dermot Mulroney? Yeah, yeah, that's who we're talking about. Oh, okay, okay. Because I'm all about the guy from Willow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he hurts my heart because he's from Willow and I love him. I think he's going to hurt our heart in Willow too, Donna. Yeah, I I yelled at my computer monitor in Willow. I was like, no, 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 no! So anyway, yeah, that that hurt me that he was a ghost face. But yeah, to have a ghost face take off his mask, like in the first couple minutes, you're like, okay, what, what, what's happening here? Hold on. No, this is not how this works. And then, oh, okay. You're right. This isn't how this works. <laughs> this is not how this works. <laughs> but we got to see his pretty face for a few minutes. Flash Thompson from the new Spider-Man films. That's who I was recognizing from like Willow. I've not seen the new Willow yet. So I, I was I was a little at sea there, but it's fine. It's not that important to me. You didn't you didn't break anything, Donna. Donna looks stricken now that uh she she dragged out all the willowness of it. Watch Willow, Mac. Maybe I will. There's a lot to watch. There is a very great deal to watch. I'm on eight or nine podcasts right now, so that, that my watch list gets a little full. <laughs> Max got a full dance card is what he's trying to trying yeah. to say. You did see the original movie, yeah? Many years ago. It's not a, a a big foundational movie for me, but yeah. It is important to have seen the original movie, IMO. I would probably rewatch it before I started the new series, yes. Good. Good I choice. would recommend that you do, because we did, and it, it helped. On some things. All right, back to this movie. Back to this movie, yes. <laughs> um, so we kind of 
flash forward just a little bit. Well, not really the flash forward, but I mean, just kind of as the night goes on and like, I guess it's around Halloween. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. From the trailers, I thought, oh, there's some kind of horror movie convention going on. That would have been the other angle for it. But actually, could we just jump right into the whole did we need Sydney conversation? Because I need to have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was something that I think probably more than either of you, it was something that bothered me a lot. I knew it did just because we've, you know, just for letting the listeners know that off mic and in text and when we were working on our uh, list for this year, we had multiple conversations about covering this movie and if we should, if we shouldn't because of of the Nev Campbell situation. And I know I knew that it did, Donna. So, yeah, I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it bothered you spiritually. It bothers me because it was not handled very artfully. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been handled better for sure. Um, so as the movie went forward, you know, just because the main character is Billy Loomis's daughter, Billy Loomis remains an element in this film. But the movie is not about Billy Loomis. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about him. Um, he he remains in the film in the sense that she keeps having conversations with him. And by the way, how is the CGI of Skeet Ulrich worse? How was it worse? Because they tried to do it on a reflective surface. And she's on better meds now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That answers, that actually answers better than mine. (laughs) So, so if it had been about Billy Loomis, I would have been a whole lot more upset about Sidney Prescott being absent but it's not about him he's present just because sam's his daughter um but it's not about him and because it's not about him then the absence of sydney is not an issue right the the thing i was struck by certainly before the movie even really became a reality for us to to see was that nev campbell announces she's not going to be in the movie and there's no delay in the production so in my mind, if there's a draft of this movie with Sydney in it, she has no impact on the story. She could lift right out. And they didn't miss a beat. Like, there's some talk, oh, we re- rewrote the screenplay to focus on the other characters. Like, I don't think you did. I think you did a control F and uh, yeah. just excised her from the screenplay. I'm wondering if... Because the, the the narrative is that the financial deal they came to her with was insufficient. I think that's part of it. But I also think that they came to her with not a very interesting role to play in this story. And she just, as as an artist and a performer, was not interested in doing it. I could see see that, too. I mean, I think it is. I think it's both of them that, both, yeah. that you know, they lowballed her. And that after seeing this film and seeing how gail was used i yeah i can see her just like nope i'm gonna i'm gonna pass so yeah i looked at gail i spent some time looking at gail in this movie and gail was important in the sense that she's one of the foundational characters of scream but if courtney cox had been unavailable or unwilling to do the role because they didn't give her enough money you could have taken gail out of that gail was not necessary some Mm. other reporter or some other person could have filled that role and 
the movie would have proceeded just fine. Courtney Cox also got an executive producer credit. So it may be a matter of Courtney Cox having a better agent than Nev Campbell. Possible, yeah. I mean, Courtney's been in the business a very long time. And mm-hmm. I mean, she does have the friends clout. Right. Regardless of how you feel about friends. It's she is a yeah. Yeah. I, I it I don't want to negate Nev Campbell by saying Courtney Cox is a bigger star than Nev Campbell, but I think on paper, Courtney Cox is a bigger star than Nev Campbell. I mean I mean that's the nature of the business. Yeah. I I don't I don't think it's negating Nev Campbell. I think it's no. just well, it's like it's saying I almost get where the filmmakers are coming from offering her a low offer, but I also think if they had a a Sydney story that Sydney would have been vital for, the negotiations would have gone gone on, and Nev Campbell would have gotten her due. Yeah, but Nev Campbell says, "Oh, the, the money, like I, I need it to be at least this high if we're going to talk about it," and they say, "Well, no, we're just going to cut you out of the screenplay." But yeah, bottom line. If the story had been about Billy Loomis, you would be hearing me ranting and raving right now about Sydney not being in it. But it was not about Billy Loomis. He just was in it. And even for Sydney not being really a presence in the story, they somehow got awkward with why she's not there. They didn't do that well. They did not do that well. The throwaway line, oh, Sydney sends her love, but she is elsewhere now. And I'm like, the, the comparison is, I mean, it, it's an apt comparison right now because Creed 3 is also in theaters and it's a long-running series moving on without its main star. And I think Creed does it much better w- with Rocky not being a part of Creed 3, but I also think it's because Creed 2 gave Rocky some sort of a send-off, some peace, some new adventure in life to go on, whereas Scream 5 assumed Sydney would be back for Scream 6 and did not give her a, a send-off. Had we gotten a, a a moment of Sydney peace, perhaps like in Scream 3, where she has that sort of equilibrium at that point, maybe I would have been okay with her not showing up or felt that her not being there was not awkward. Well, they they essentially gave the answer of, uh, we sent Sydney to the farm. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> What, like that, what, what was the Natalie Portman bit in uh, the Avengers? It was like, oh, we've sent her to the mountains. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's essentially that. It's it. Sydney Prescott died on the way back to her home planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like for a scream movie, they were awfully hesitant about killing people. Okay, Gail didn't die. Chad didn't die. Kirby didn't die. I follow you there. Okay, now I'm, yeah. Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, wait, Donna, did we watch a different Scream movie? But no, no, you're, yeah. the main group. Gwen didn't die. Yeah. Okay. Of course, there yeah. was a plot reason yeah. for that. But, I mean, there's an awful lot of people that didn't die. The cute boyfriend didn't die. Donna, do you know who the cute boyfriend is? I'm sorry, I got a timeout on the ran here. But you're going to be so excited because I was so excited when I found okay. out. Okay, who's the cute boyfriend? It's Pug from She-Hulk. Yes! Listening audience, Donna is so delighted that she is gasping and the hands have went to her face. And I knew Donna would have this reaction if she didn't know that was Pug. I didn't know that was Pug. Editor Billy informed me. He was like, oh, that's how I know him. I'm like, ooh. And so I had a very similar reaction. So (laughs) I'm sorry. I totally derailed all of us on our... (laughs) 
That's okay. But that does bring me to another point. Generally speaking, now I haven't seen all the screen movies, which is going to make our poll a little awkward for me, but I haven't seen all the screen movies. But generally speaking, I actually really enjoy the whodunit aspect. Yeah. Uh, I, I was utterly bored with it in this one. I was like, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Just stop it. Okay. Um, it's obviously him. Well, one of them is obviously him. Um, and it, just quit. Just quit trying to shove him in my face because he's too obvious. And no, that would be it's, Pug. It's <laughs> never It's never the boyfriend twice in a row. Yeah. Like, he's he's a tough-talking New Yorker. It's And he's... No, it's not him. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. It's yeah. not him. That's one of that has always been one of Scream's strong points in general is the whodunit aspect because mm-hmm. they are normally they are master class of red herring. This one was super lazy. Like so, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, I'm going to go ahead and tell who the killers are because we we've been dancing, we've given the spoiler warning. Um, it's not two killers; it's three killers, and it is the detective who happens to be Richie's dad. It is Quinn, uh, one of the roommates who happens to be Richie's sister. And then it is Ethan, who is the new friend that was Chad's roommate, who is Richie's brother, which is Richie was one of the killers from Five. And it's too tied. It's too closely tied to that last one. Like, it's it's just sloppy and, and uninspired. Like, it's also a rehash of Scream 2, where the killer ended up being a relative of the killer in the last one. Right, mm-hmm. but it's still, though, there was, I don't know, to me, that one worked because then you had Mickey the wild card. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, you could, but you're right. not expecting Laurie Metcalf. Like, that's what... You're yeah. never expecting Laurie Metcalf. That's true, that's true. <laughs> but that's why it works better in two. And also, you all, I mean, I'll, I'll say it, you have Wes Craven doing it. Yeah, This shit ain't Wes Craven. This is, it's leftovers of Wes Craven. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great also, value, Wes Craven. Right. I mean, there's yeah. some good there's some good things in this film. Like there's some good great value products, but it's still that's what it is. Beyond the Cabin of the Woods brought to you by Great Value. It's not great, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 a it's a value. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Just eat it. <laughs> you you won't hate it. Times are tough all around. And <laughs> the good days are behind us. And that's why we have great value. Use the coupon code CABIN at the (laughs) website for nothing off your purchase because it's already Uh, already cheap to begin. (laughs) That too. Uh, The coupon is long since expired. Um, Now, you're an interesting test case there, Donna, because the movie does spend uh, a healthy amount of time detailing who was the killer in every previous Scream movie, and your admission that you have not seen all of the previous Scream movies has has those effectively spoiled now. Yeah. I yeah. won't remember. I have okay. untreated ADHD. Fair. I was going to say, because there's a dry erase board that lays it. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> here's the one, and this one, and then this one, and then this one. I even made the note, like, God, if nobody's seen these other movies, they, they, they're they useless now. The actual fact that has stuck in my brain is that one of them only has one killer. That's Indeed. that's the one fact that has stuck okay. in my head. Okay, okay. But a, I don't a... remember which one. Okay. Cool. 
But you, so, you did kind of touch on something that I did like with this film. I like seeing the different mask. Like, I thought that was really well done with... I. Like that's sometimes what's frustrating with this film is that there's some really good moments. Like the masks are really good. Like how they're interchanging that, leaving those calling cards. Uh, the OG one looking super weathered and all that. Like that is really cool. Um, I really liked Kirby coming back. I she she is the the bright beacon of four. So seeing her back was great. And I'm never mad at the twins seeing. Mindy and Chad, like, I, I love them so much. They're adorable. One of my favorite scenes was when they were sitting there discussing the here we are in a park and we're going to do the tracing the phone call thing. And then Mindy is like, this is literally how our mm-hmm. uncle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is literally how our uncle died. And I, because there I was sitting there going, isn't this how Randy died? This is how Randy died. He got sucked into a van and stabbed to death. Are you really doing this again? And both of them got stabbed in their own right, but are fine. There's a lot of stabbing that happened in this film that I don't think they would be fine. Like, Tara should not have been fine. Nope. Mindy oh no, Chad. Chad is Chad is fucking dead. Chad is deader than dead. Dad, Chad is so dead. Mindy and Chad should not have survived that either. Like, but they yeah. rolled him out in a stretcher and he was fine. Oh okay. yeah, he's kissing people. Yeah, Mindy got help pretty quick. Okay, Mindy. Yeah, Mindy's not walking around in a park, but Mindy, Mindy, I can accept surviving. Chad, okay. fuck no. Chad's heart is hamburger. And, and Gail survives off screen. Like yeah. her part of the movie's over. Like, oh, Gail's gonna be fine. Like, okay, can we check yeah. in with her to be sure? Is she? <laughs> Yeah, like Gail, I can I can accept surviving. Mindy, I can accept surviving. Chad, <laughs> Chad, no, no. Chad, Chad got turned into steak tartar. Chad is not alive. No, Chad is not alive. No. Proceeding no. from the idea that uh, death works differently in the Scream universe, <laughs> um, uh, I, I rewatched one and five and two because I like to. Oh, two's a delight. And I, I was struck again in one by the fact that I don't think Stu Mocker's necessarily dead. See, I want Stu Mocker back. I wanted Stu Mocker to be the killer. That that's it. I wanted that to be true. Right. And 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 the moment where they see the TV and uh uh Kirby's all like, if you even think he's dead, I was like, oh yeah. Oh. Uh that's my pitch for Scream 7, though, is uh, Kirby channeling her Clarice Starling having to consult with Stu Mocker caged in a cell, uh, but still alive. At this point, I have to assume that the two barriers are Matthew Lillard has said no, and Matthew Lillard is extremely recognizable, so you can't have him on screen for even a second. That's what I assume the barriers are. I don't think he would say no. With I don't think he'd say no either. Yeah. With as much love as like if you if you watch him on some convention panels that he's been doing here lately, with as much love as he has for the franchise, and like was it four or five that he did a voice on some YouTube clip? Yeah. I think I think it was five that just you know. He did a, a a background cameo for two. I don't think it's him. <laughs> okay. 
Cool. Then yeah. I want him back. I, I demand Stu Mocker. I demand Stu Mocker back. It would to me, I would have liked fine, you can keep the cop, but have the cop be Stu's brother or something. Just some tie. Or even yeah. even 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 better. He's it's a tie to Mickey, because Mickey was the wild card in two. I would have believed that kid, that roommate. I would have believed that was Stu Mocker's kid. Yeah. yeah. Like something do, you know, if you're going to keep dipping back into that, those two, either one of those two, I, I will co-sign. Hell, I would have believed the girl was Stu Mocker's kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, and then the cop, yeah, the cop could be his brother. Yeah. The, it's uh, age appropriate. Mm -hmm. Donna, you had mentioned you wanted to talk about the frat scene. Yes. Yes, I did. I had a lot of thoughts watching that frat scene because Tara, who apparently engages in risky behavior post-Woodsboro. She's self-medicating. Tara meets this guy who you just take one look at it and go, oh, this is, this is not a good guy. He invites her up to his room for some fireball, I believe it was. And she says, yes. And then they proceed across the room. And start going up some stairs. Every single person who cares about Tara then proceeds to attempt to intervene in this. And in each single intervention, Tara is very clear in her consent to go upstairs with this guy. Until finally Samantha arrives and is like, fuck no. And it's at this point... I think maybe Tara takes a couple of steps down the stairs and it's at that point that the guy grabs Tara and starts dragging her up the stairs. I think she stumbles. That's the, to kind of indicate she's uh, a little intoxicated. I think she stumbles a couple steps down is what it is. I saw him grab her. Oh, no, I'm not her. saying he, no, no, I'm saying, yeah, I'm not. That happened too. I'm not okay. disagreeing the grab. I'm talking about what brought her down the step. So that's the scene as I saw it. And is that at every step when someone tried to intervene, she was super clear in, yes, I want to do this. And I'm just curious what everyone else thought about that scene. I never got the sense that she was anything other than completely intoxicated, so it did not bother me. I uh, that was my thing as well because they 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 took pains to show her drinking and then seeing that stumble down the stairs when Samantha showed up. I I what I saw was friends trying to stop her from making a mistake she would regret later. Yes, I do agree she was very. I want to do this. I want to do this. But she also was very clearly intoxicated. That is, that was my read of the mm -hmm. scene. And then Sam Bull in a China shop coming in with the taser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sam, Sam's response might not have been proportional at that point of the encounter. I'll grant that. Yeah. I, I think Chad's response was like, hey, man, let's not do this. Let's, yeah. Uh, trying to be as diplomatic as possible. But yeah, they, they all tried to be caring friends. Mm -hmm. And as sometimes when you have a, a friend that is a, a little bit, if not a lot, intoxicated, there it's 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 hurting cats. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, but that was that was my read of the scene. Right. I was just really curious. I, I remember having a friend several years ago who was um 
she and I were in a room together when a guy came in and started making some pretty aggressive moves on her. And when I asked her if she wanted me to leave the room, she did not give me a clear yes. And I did not leave the room. <laughs> and, and, and that guy did not have a fun time. That's just how that happened. So yeah, it just, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that scene because on the one hand, she was giving very clear consent, but on the other hand, yeah, she was pretty clearly intoxicated and and her friends seemed pretty intent on not letting her make that mistake. And I, I did like later when her and Chad finally do kiss, she does say she's like, I have sobered up. Like she, mm-hmm. yeah, she lets him know. And so I think that, they did take pains to show her drink actively drinking yeah. and looking for more to drink. She said something, and I can't remember what her exact words were, but her she said something along the lines of that was that was going to be a mistake. Yeah. That was yeah. that was a mistake. That was a bad decision. I would have regretted that. I don't remember what she said, but it boiled down to Yeah, I think she says it to Samantha a little mm-hmm. bit later. Yeah. So Macula. You have mm-hmm. our quote. I do. It's get your ghost face ass away from me, ghost face. <laughs> Not quite said that way, but that was the syntax of the line. I kind of wish it was said that way because I think that would have. Get your yeah. ghost face ass away from me, ghost face. <laughs> Only thing would make that better is that accent Pedro Pascal does on the SNL skit of uh, <laughs> when he's just waking up for a co- from the coma. <laughs> <laughs> That's only other that that's my that's my only note. That's my only note. Um I'll take that note. <laughs> so we kind of have a two-part rule here since we are now in a franchise, according to Mindy, uh, which uh Donna and Mac have graciously they are going to uh they are going to tell you. Donna's got our Scream Six rule, where Mac has our Scream franchise rule. So yeah, I'll do I'll do the Scream Six rule, um, which is kind of uh, dependent on the fact that as 2022 moves into 2023, uh, Jenna Ortega has taken over the world. So the Scream Six rule is just don't fuck with Jenna Ortega. The news this week is that she will be Winona Ryder's daughter in a Beetlejuice two. Uh... The, the era of Michael Keaton legacy sequels has begun, and Mac and I are all, here for it. We all know my position on that. I'll be here for Beetlejuice too. I'll be here for Mr. Grandma. I'll be <laughs> here for multiplicity times multiplicity equals multiplicity squared. Oh my gosh. Um, I'll also be here for all of those and uh, Pacific Heights 2 Electric Boogaloo just to. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> One good cop, colon, two good cops. Johnny Dangerously Jr. Oh. oh the yes. Piscopo Renaissance. I don't know if I need, but, you know, I'm okay if, if, if that's what we have to yeah, put I mean, up if, with. Yeah. That's the trade off. I mean, we'll, sure. we'll make it work. We'll make it work. <laughs> Early morning shift. Um, uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to sign off on spotlight too. Cause that'll just be super dark. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's the only uh, thing. Birdman too is going to be a challenge. Cause which Birdman is it? Is it going to be Vulture or is it going to be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it's actually Harvey Birdman and they're doing an attorney at law. <laughs> I, 
yes, Michael Keaton Keaton is Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mac, what's our Scream franchise rule? <laughs> uh, don't pick up the phone. Uh, and it feels like people are getting wise to that in this one because uh, Tara's uh, voicemail messages, you know, you've reached Tara, why aren't you texting? Very uh, Gen Z sort of thing to do. And uh, uh, yeah, don't pick up the phone. And then you also have our poll, Mac. I do. Uh, rank the series. All right. I will go first on this. So my ranking goes... Number one is number one. Number two is number two. Then I go five, six, mm. and then three and four are tied for dead last to me. Mine is very close to that. And I, I was saying, I don't know if I said it uh, off mic. We need to stop talking so much off mic so I <laughs> remember what I've actually said. Uh, our tiers are the same. Um, and uh, you, you had four and three is dead last, right? Yeah. Tied for yeah. dead last? Okay. Um, I have... Two is number one because oh, okay, Lori Lori Metcalf with a bullet. Okay, uh, okay, something about two. Like, I didn't feel like I needed to watch two this week to feel ready for Scream Six, but I did it anyway because I wanted to. That oh. is the right. sense. Uh, one after that, uh, I'm gonna put five as number three, six okay. is uh, this one as number four. I don't think it's as good as the last one, but I still think it's solid in the mid tier. That opening cut papers over a lot of problems I have with the ending. Agreed, agreed. And the mask, like the masks, I like. I think that's that's yeah. super creative. I, I'm with you on that. And the core four are are solid too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right after that, four, uh, four is fine. I think it's a little overproduced and doesn't quite make its rationale for existing as as much as the others do kirby's a bright point in four like sure i'll, I'll, I'll grant you that yep and then three uh, i have as dead last uh because yeah it, it's a little too harvey weinstein money grabbing uh for me uh it it doesn't feel like a scream movie now that's all to say i think it's almost cliched now in the discourse to note that there are no movie series that have that have maintained this level of quality. Three's dead last, but three's not a terrible movie. Three, three is it's got some interesting stuff that it does, and it is, mm -hmm. it's you know, it's, the problem with three is sometimes it gets a little too smart, a little too yeah. meta for its own good. Like Agreed. Uh, now, I will say this: the Carrie Fisher bit in sure. three is fantastic. Like. That's yeah. that's that's my reason to watch three is just that it's like yeah. this long. It's not it's not huge, but it's it's a delight. Yeah. I did not watch three and four this week, so that tells you that's bottom tier. Five and six are mid tier. Two and one are top tier. Yeah, but now Donna's is what's going to be interesting. Um, I've never seen three and four, so they they fall into last just because I've got no points yeah. to give them. You're not missing um, much. Yeah. Yeah. Of the first two movies, I rank um, two first. Yeah. And one second. Uh, they're both very good movies, but two, man, two just really good. Two's really um, good. I think I remember last year I I recommended two very heavily to you and you 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 were skeptical and I said no no two's great and then you came back on the on the Discord and was like man two Laurie Metcalf yeah. Yeah, 
that's how it happened. Um, uh, five and six, I ranked them in that order, five and six. Now, mm-hmm. six has some really good stuff. We didn't talk yeah. about the, um, we didn't talk about the train ride. I the mean, tra- very good God sequence. Damn, the train ride was good. The you latter that- bit is good too. Like, yeah, the latter bit was really good. You remember that, that red balloon? That red balloon that just like, mm-hmm. My God, that was fantastic. And that ghost face that kept getting closer and closer to Mindy. I mean, that was that was suspenseful. Yeah. So that yeah, that train ride was was great. So yeah, there's some good stuff in six, but the main thing that put five above six to me is I don't remember ever getting annoyed with five. And I got right. annoyed with six. Yeah. As far as ranking one and two over five and six, I don't know. I think I do put one and two over five and six because oh, yeah. they're yeah. the, you know, they're the original. So I think it's two, one, five, six, and then three and four, just because I've never seen them. By the time you get to five and six, you are dealing with a formula and, and groaning to try to shake that up a bit. Whereas yeah. two and one are playing with you for the first time. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know with one and two. Yeah. So I, I enjoy that we we have a, a, a like a solid like uh, Kenzie being the outlier, but we we have a, a number two at number one. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I I I I'm love two. I right. I do. Two is it doesn't fall into the sophomore slump. It right. is it is with as quick as they made two, like I, I want to say it was like a year turnaround. Yeah, like it is it is a banger. And I, I you know, I'm I'm never mad. I just, I can't go against what, you know, what got us to two. I think, yeah. I think they, I hear you. two is them fixing little tweaks that they had with one and perfecting mm. it. I do, but you got to have one to get there. That's just my whole, that's oh, with that. That's perfectly my, reasonable. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, part of why I might put one at number two is because the thing that annoys, like you were talking about Donna, the thing that annoys me about number one is I don't believe for a second. I may have said this during Scream 5's episode. I don't believe for a second that Randy Meeks is forcing everyone to watch a pan and scan version of Halloween at this party. I'm like, yeah, I get it. DVD is not a thing yet, but that dude's got a laser disc player and he is not above bringing it to a party. I think he brings it to smaller parties. I don't think he would bring it to Stu's. I think there was a bad experience with a laser disc and mm. for a big party. And so, like, if it was just the core group, oh, yeah, that laser disc is, it's wheeling out or they're coming to Randy's house. Yeah. Or Meeks has a VHS white letterbox edition. That, that, I could see that now. I Because I, I even write the bit in my head where he is screaming at everybody and saying, if you're watching this on TV, you're not even seeing everything that's going on. And then in the far left of the frame, you see Ghostface walk by. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. All right. Happy place. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first this week. Um, So last week, I did a thing that I've always said I was going to do, and I did it. And I don't think anything's going to come of it. I don't care. But the fact that I did it, I went to the open casting call for Reservation Dogs. So they took my picture. Yeah, they took my picture. I filled out a little Google Doc. Um, My brother was there with me. We both did it. I'm now getting emails for uh, from the casting agency of uh, 
you know, hey, we're all, we're looking for this. And, you know, I did fill out one for one of the roles coming up for next season of Reservation Dogs. So I don't think anything will be there because I was 1,055 on the list for being in line over three hours, just FYI. <laughs> and um, the second casting director, she knew who Granddad Mothron was. And so I feel like we're best friends now because um, I had to scan the Google Doc. And mm. I'm holding my phone up, my, my phone up to her, which is, it's got Thrawn on it. And she's like, oh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. I was like, well, I think we just became best friends now, lady, with uh, the Janine Melnitz haircut from <laughs> Ghostbusters yeah. 1. I was like, Janine Melnitz has had various haircuts. I oh, need yeah. you to be more specific. Oh, no, I, I will. And that's why I said Ghostbusters yeah. 1. But yeah, so that's my happy place. <laughs> Who is next? You go ahead, Mac. Okay, uh, it's, a, it's a happy place slash confessional. I've never seen Assault on Precinct 13. Oh. Uh, I know. But mm-hmm. Circle Cinema had a 4K restoration as its yeah, uh, midnight screening last weekend. And I went and I saw it. And to experience not only Carpenter, but early Carpenter for the first time, I think I reserved that first viewing for the right circumstances. I I I'm coming out of that movie at midnight. I should I like I was going all day like oh god a ten o'clock movie 